Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Good evening, church. Hey, thanks for joining us once again. If you're connecting with us for the first time, uh, I just want to welcome you. My name is Nestor Flores, and I'm the campus pastor at Dayspring. Hey, church, we made it, right? Today, we end our 30 for 30. We committed to spending 30 minutes every day for 30 days seeking the Lord. And you know, I trust that you and I, that we're better on this side of the 30 days than we were on that side of the 30 days. And you know, the goal uh, of this time, the goal of our Christian life really should be to get to know God better. Because the better we know God, the better we will be. The better we know God, the better our circumstances can be. The better you know God, the better life can be. So what I want to do today is I want to share uh, uh, from the word to help you know God better. My desire is that through today's teaching, you would know God better. Because when you know God better, things can get better. We can get better. So I want to share something, an attribute. Uh, I want to help you get to know God better. Then we're going to look at four uh, implications of uh, God's attribute. Uh, What do you say we bow our head before we go into God's word? Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, in this evening for your presence with us. Thank you for getting us through, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I know there may be some who stumble along the way, but they didn't allow them to be taken out of the race. Thank you for all those who persevere, Lord. I pray that today would not mark the end of their seeking you, Lord, but that we would continue. Father, as we go before your word, encourage us, correct us, show us who you are, and give us power to do what you call us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you know, 2020 has been The year where life changed. I have to admit, I had never been, nor did I ever imagine that I would go through something like what we've gone through this year. Uh, I've heard many people utter the expression, I can't wait for life to get back to normal. Or I wish things were back to normal. And I believe that behind this expression, there is a longing for what was. Because there is a dislike For what is. And I don't know if this has been a very ideal time for you. But I myself have found uh, myself uh, longing for what was. Because the changes that have taken place in this year have been mainly very negative. Uh, You know there is a, a feeling that our life. That our family life, that our job life, that our church life, that our just life overall was abruptly disrupted. There's, there's an unwant 
right? There's an unwelcome change that took happen. And while I will not get into, into the details of the pandemic, I do wanna, want us to have in mind an overall picture and the fact that things have changed. And in fact, I find that a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, things will never be the same. They're just not going to be the same. They have changed and they're not going to be the same. And you know, I think that uh, we don't really know what that means. We don't really know um, what the future is going to look like. We can have an idea. We can definitely have a preferred future. But we don't really know that. But we know enough to know that because of 2020, life is just not going to be like it was before. That things have changed for good or for bad, whether we like it or not. Now, as we talk about change, and that's really the topic I want to talk to you about. um, You know, I don't know if you are the type of person that embraces or resists change. Statistics tell us that most people do not like change, so they resist it. And for good reasons, right? Change is uncomfortable. It usually requires more of us. Change feels very unfamiliar, right? We, we, we don't feel in control. And whatever little control we have, when things change, that control seems to dissipate with it. Change is not easy. It usually requires more work of us. When things are familiar, we've kind of created a routine. We've created a pattern and we kind of are accustomed to that. But when change comes, it takes work to adjust to it. Change is painful as well. And that's why many people resist it. When things change, there's always a feeling that we've lost something. And change is also resisted by many Because change usually comes by a surprise. There are some things we can anticipate, but for the most part, change is usually a surprise. You know, I got to tell you that I personally embrace and tend to seek change. I I, I believe in change. I want to change. I believe that I can become better. I believe that there's things that I need to improve. And, And change has come to my life because I've seeked it. Because I've pursued it. Because I've, I've wanted it. But there has been change introduced to my life that has been out of my control. And see, I, I, I struggle with change, but, but, but I, I tend to embrace it. And you know, from scripture, we know that God has established change in creation. Seasons in nature change, right? Uh, There's change in our physical body as we're growing, as we're getting older. Even in the plan of salvation, change is necessary. And see, while change is part of God's MO, and while everything in life changes, everything in life will change, Scripture tells us, you ready for this? That God doesn't. God doesn't change. In theology, this is known as the immutability of God. And it is an attribute of God. It is who God is. It's not just something he does. It's who God is. It's in its nature. And God's immutability means that he is who he is and what he is always and forever. 
Can I say that again? It's important that we know this. I want to teach you a little bit of theology. I want to teach you a little bit of God and then be, be able to look at some implications and see that God is immutable means that he is who he is and what he is always and forever. See, most people are familiar with uh, God's other attributes, like the fact that he's loving, powerful, eternal, good. But not many people are familiar with the fact that God doesn't change, that God is immutable. And see, the, the fact that God is immutable is taught throughout Scripture. Let me show you a few verses. Let's just got to warn you in advance. We're going to look at a few scriptures today because anytime you get into God, you really have to look at scriptures. We, we, we don't have freedom to imagine and conjure and assume. No, no, no. When it comes to who God really is, we got to let scripture tell us, okay? So let me show you a few verses that, that tell us about the fact that God is immutable, that God doesn't change. The first one is found in Malachi 3.6. For uh, my my uh, millennials, uh, Malachi, um, or Malachi, <laughs> as one show said it, Malachi, Malachi 3.6, says the following. It says, the Lord, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. And that's God speaking, right? He says, I, the Lord, do not change. And then in Psalms 102, verses 25 through 27, it says, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded. And look at verse 27. But you remain the same and your years will never end. And then James 1.17. Let's get to the New Testament. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And then Hebrews 13.8, which is the theme verse of our four square movement, says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So scripture shows us that God doesn't change. Now, let me give you a few reasons why God is immutable. Why it is impossible for God to change. Number one, God is immutable. God does not change and cannot change because any change must be done so within chronological order. Within the confinements of time. There's got to be a point in time before the change and a point in time after the change. Ta change always happens within the confinement of time. And one of God's attributes is that he's eternal. He exists outside of the constraints of time. So God cannot change. God is immutable. The second reason that God does not change is, is because if anything changes, it must be for better or worse. And see, if God were to be able to change for better, that would mean he's not perfect. And that's one of God's attributes, that he's a perfect being. And definitely God cannot get worse because then he wouldn't be perfect. So God doesn't change because he is 
perfection. The definition of perfection comes from God. And God cannot get better and he definitely cannot get worse. The third reason that God is immutable, that God doesn't change, is because his immutability is connected to his omniscience. And omniscience is another uh, fancy theological word that means that God knows everything. See, when someone changes their mind, it is often because new information that was not previously known has come to light. And because God is omniscient, because God is all-knowing, he cannot learn something new that he did not already know. See, the Bible does mention that God changed his mind in a few occasions. And when the Bible speaks of God changing his mind, it needs to be understood as the circumstance, as the situation changing, not God. Because God is immutable. You know, surely you've heard the expression, the only certain thing is that nothing is certain. Right? And this has been a year of much uncertainty. And you know, while it's true that everything changes, while it's true that nothing is certain but uncertainty, that is only true, that is, I'm sorry, that is not true of God. And see, while this attribute of God, this uh, attribute of being immutable, unchangeable, is stated in negative terms because im means doesn't. So, so God doesn't change and is stated in, in, in a negative term. But it doesn't mean it's a negative thing. God's immutability is great news for you and for me. God's immutability is a wonderful blessing. Because see, the fact that God is immutable, that God doesn't change, it doesn't mean that God is immobile. It doesn't mean that God is paralyzed or static. God is a God who is active. And see, immutability, the fact that God doesn't change, doesn't mean that God is immobile. So let me share three implications of what the fact that God doesn't change, even when everything else changes, the fact that God doesn't change, even in a year when everything seems to be changing week by week, three implications that that means for us. Even when seasons change, number one, God is still in control. Even when seasons change, God is always in control. No change in life. Listen to me, church. No change in life can take the control from God's hands. That ought to give us so much peace. Because while things change and we lose control, God never loses control. God is always in control. No political party, no leader, no law, no virus, no technological advancement can take God's control from his hands. God is always in control. 
See, in all and through all, God is still in control. Come on, church. You ought to say amen to that. That ought to bring you joy and peace. That no matter what comes, no matter what change surprises us, no matter what disrupts our life, God is always in control. And here's why God is always in control. Look at what Psalms 92, 90 verse 2 tells us. It says, before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. See, God is always in control because he's always God. He doesn't change. And God remains God in spite of whatever change happens in our lives. And see, because God is in control. What, what, what does it mean? What is the implication? What is the application for me? Well, because God is in control, you can trust him. You can trust God. See, we all need to trust something or someone. Because we all need some kind of stability and assurance in life. And everybody has something or someone they are trusting. And let me tell you that if your trust first and foremost is not in the Lord, you are building your house, you are building your life on a foundation that cannot and will not stand. Because the only trustworthy foundation is God. See, when you trust God, here's the, the, the practical way that you can tell when you're trusting God. When you trust God, you walk by faith and not by sight. When you trust God, when you really trust God, you don't go based on what you see. You walk, you live through faith and not through what you see. See, we have to resist the urge to define our life by what we see and experience. There's another dimension than, than just the physical dimension and our emotional dimension. There is a spiritual dimension and faith makes that dimension accessible. See, we can trust God and walk in faith because the Bible tells us that his purposes, that his plans will prevail. You can trust God and obey him in faith because what God has decreed will prevail. Look at what Proverbs 19, 21 says. Many are the plans in a person's heart, right? Isn't it true we all had plans for 2020? This was going to be the year of victory. This was going to be the year maybe we were going to buy a house or take that fancy trip or we were going to get married or this was going to be the year that we were going to go to college. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But the truth is that when things change, our plans often go by the wayside. But look at what the Bible says about God. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's plans always prevail. God's plans always succeed because God is always in control. Think back of Abraham. God asked Abraham to walk by faith. 
God called Abraham to leave his hometown, to leave his family and go to a place. And God didn't even tell him where that place was. He just said, hey, get up and go and I will show you along the way. The Bible tells us about Abraham that Abraham believed God. In other words, Abraham trusted God. And because he trusted God, he began to walk by faith, trusting that God was in control along the way, trusting that even when he he didn't understand things that God was still in control. Listen, when you trust God, you're going to walk by faith. And when you walk by faith, you are going to walk into God's blessings for you. God asked Abraham to leave, to walk by faith because he had a great blessing for him. And see, when God brings changes into our life that require us to trust him and walk by faith, here's what you need to know, church. He is doing it because he wants to take us to a place where he can bless us because perhaps the place that we are in is not the place that God has decreed it to bring our blessing and if you do not trust God and if you do not walk by faith you will miss out on the great blessings that God has in store for you without trust without faith you will not obey God and miss out on those blessings so where's your trust in this pandemic in this year when things change when things get tough where is your trust if the Holy Spirit has brought conviction that your trust is not in the Lord, that you are not walking by faith, I pray you make the necessary changes and that you would begin to walk by faith, that you would put your trust in him, knowing that God is always in control because even when seasons change, God doesn't. Number two, second implication, even when seasons change, God is still faithful. Can I get an amen to that? God is still faithful. God is faithful. What does that mean, pastor? Well, it means that God keeps his word. It means that God will do what he said he will do. The acts and the words of God are reliable, are dependable, are consistent and loyal. I like to say, great is his faithfulness. And listen, even when things change, God is still faithful. Look at what uh, Numbers 23, 19 this has become one of the, the verses that, that, that has really guided me throughout this year. And look at, look at what it says. God is not a man, so he does not lie. Now, we all lie. We all lie because we make promises that we don't keep. And we may be well-intended. We may have every desire. But, but, but we're unfaithful. We lie. We lie because we say we will do something or be somewhere and we're not faithful to our words, to our promises. But God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And the answer to those two questions is a loud resounding no. When God promises, he acts. When God promises, he comes through. And see, this pandemic or changes tend to change many yeses to no's. 
there's many yeses that have now become no's because there's been change in our life. And some for good reason, but many just for an excuse. It's just an excuse. It gives us an excuse to be able to really do what, what, what we want to do, and, and, and that is a no. And listen, let me tell you something. Ready for this, church? I believe this next part is tweetable. It, it, it's worth putting on a post. It's worth shouting amen and maybe allowing the Holy Ghost to, to give you a jolt of his presence. God's yeses always remain yeses. What God promised before changes, what God said he was going to do before 2020, God can still do and will do in the middle of 2020. God's yeses in 2019 are going to be God's yeses in 2021 because God is faithful and great is his faithfulness. Pastor, what does that mean for us? What is the application? Well, because God when it's even when seasons change, God is still faithful. That means I can put my hope in him. And see, when your hope is in God, your future is secure. When your hope is not on money or your talents or your business or your family, your future is secure. And it's secured in two ways. Number one, when your hope is on God, you have an eternal, glorious future secure for you in the presence of God. But as I like to say, David said, he says, I know I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And God will do good things in our life when we put our hope in him. See, when you put your hope in him, your future is so secure, you can get excited about that. You want me to tell you something? This season has been challenging. This season has been difficult. This has been one of the hardest times. And granted, I haven't been a pastor for many decades. But this has been the hardest year as a pastor. But you want me to tell you something? And my wife and the leaders can attest to this. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about what's coming up. Because I know God is faithful and great is his faithfulness. So, so I want to invite you. Get excited. When you put your hope in God, your future is secure. And you can get excited. See, where we find ourselves, that's not where we're going to remain forever. Where we are, it's just a season. And we are not in the forever. We will not be in the forever till we are in God's presence in heaven. Then that will be our forever. Right now, we're just experiencing a chapter in our story. And let's, let, let, let's fight the urge to allow a chapter to become our whole book. This isn't the entirety of our book. We're not going to let this season, we're not going to let this chapter become and define what the rest of our life is because God is faithful and when our hope is in him our future is secure and we can get excited listen God is at work in every season I believe God is at work during this season to take us to a place of victory and when I put my hope in him when I know that his faithfulness doesn't change I know my future is secure because his yeses continue to be yeses. And listen, I can get excited about tomorrow. So while there's struggles right now, I take heart 
And I get excited because I know they're not forever. I know they won't last because great is his faithfulness. The third thing, the third um, application is that even when seasons change, God is still worthy. Even when seasons change, God is still worthy. See, when things change, the value of certain things change. Let me give you an example. Before this pandemic, face masks were very affordable and easy accessible. But during the first few weeks, there was such high demand. There was such a high uh, uh, need for face masks that you couldn't find them. And those that had them were able to jack up the prices because they knew that they had a special worth, a special value during this time. I remember that, that our county, our L.A. County, had even had to establish some regulations where, where, where sellers could not jack up the prices more than, I believe, 10% because they didn't want them taking advantage of customers. And listen, even when seasons change, God remains worthy. No change, no season can devalue the worth of God. God was worthy before this pandemic. God is worthy during this pandemic. And God will still be worthy before, after this pandemic. Look at what the book of Revelation 4.11 says. It says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Did you catch that? Because God doesn't change. Even when seasons change, God is worthy. And he's worthy to receive glory and honor and power. The Apostle John gives us a glimpse into the worship that God receives in heaven. Around the clock. Through eternity, nonstop. Because he's worthy. And look, look at what that same chapter, Revelations 4 verse 8 says. And the four living creatures... Each of them with six wings are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. This passage tells us that God is perpetually praised for his holiness, his power, his eternal immutability he was he is and forever will be and he's worshiped because he is worthy of our praise pastor what is the application what is the what is implied in this for us well church because God is worthy we need to seek to praise him with our lives did you catch that I said with our lives. It's easy to praise God with our mouth. But we need to praise God with our lives because he's worthy. The word worthy in the Bible has the idea of matching up. Right? Um, think about this. If you've ever gone or tried to purchase something from a friend or, or somebody. You say, how much is that worth? And they'll tell you, well, that's worth a hundred bucks. That means that the value of that item or whatever it is, 
is matched by an $100 bill. And see, the fact that God is worthy needs to be matched by our actions. Our life needs to reflect who God is. And God is worthy. See, our actions, what we believe, who God is, needs to be reflected in the way we live, in the choices we make. Because God is worthy. We need to live in such a way that it honors God. I find many people today living in a way that is comfortable, living in a way that pleases them, living in a way that is easy. And let me tell you, our primary way of living should be to live in a way that honors God. See, we need to understand this. I need you to understand something that I'm not saying. I am not saying that somehow through our lives, we earn or we merit our relationship with God. I'm not saying that the way we live uh, determines whether, whether we can come to God or not, whether we have access to a relationship or not. No, 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 no. Salvation, a relationship with God is not earned. It is received through faith in Jesus Christ. But here is what I I am saying, I am saying that the way we live ought to prove that we belong to Christ. Ought to prove that we have a relationship with God. Ought to prove that we believe in God. See, true, true believers maintain fidelity to Christ and they live with integrity. They live a life that reflects their faith. They live a life that honors God because God is worthy. And their daily lives, their daily lives matches the gospel message. Their daily life matches their position in Christ. And their daily life matches the character of God. Their faith is proven by the way they live. And because God is worthy, we need to praise him. We need to honor him with our lives. See, God's immutability brings great news to us. It gives us instruction. It gives us hope. And see, in the year of unexpected and unwanted changes, God's immutability provides a solid foundation for us. A foundation to know what to do. And that is to trust God and walk by faith. To know where to focus our eyes. In his faithfulness and our secure future. And to know how to live. And that is in a way that praises and honors God. So church, we've come to the end of our 30 for 30. And while Today marks the end of our commitment that we've made as a church for 30 days. I don't think it should mark the end of our seek and our search and our commitment to God. I want to challenge you. Keep seeking God. Keep wanting more of God. Keep setting time apart from God. God hasn't changed. He can be trusted. He can be our hope. And he is worthy of our lives. I'm excited about what's coming up next. We're praying for you. We are getting ready for what God is doing. And we will see him bring to fruition over the next few months. Church, we got to be ready. 
We got to be ready. If you've been lukewarm during this season, it's time to get back into your spiritual walk. It's time to get back into a relationship. If you've been faithful to the Lord, I want to encourage you, stay strong. Stay rooted in the Lord. That is the best place to be. So when seasons change, God remains the same. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.